All right, good evening, everyone. My name is Garth McKinney. I'm the interim superintendent here in Milton, and welcome to First Grade Information Night. It's an exciting night. We've got an all-star panel of teachers, principals, and coordinators to answer a bunch of questions for you and share a lot of information. So this is our agenda for today. We'll go over the two different programs. We'll talk about the assignment plan that moves forward, the lottery, give you all the timeline, the next steps, and have some time for questions at the end. So I hope tonight is informative for all of you. And I'm gonna turn things over now to Principal Karen McDavid from the Glover School. All right, so welcome. This is so exciting. It's so exciting to see you all. And if you're here, that probably means that you are almost three quarters of the way through what is undoubtedly an amazing kindergarten year in the Milton Public Schools. Um, it's your kiddo's first year, right? And it's been so exciting, full of so many new firsts um, and the start of a really great journey. So March is always an exciting time for kindergarten families because that's when you get to make a decision um, that will sort of dictate the next few years of your child's education here in the Milton Public Schools. We have two pathways and both are amazing. So if you ask me which one I would pick, I can't answer that question because they're both amazing and they both offer so much. And tonight you're gonna hear from two of our coordinators. You're gonna hear from Ms. Zina Hamada. She is our K-12 K-12, pre-K? K-12, World Languages Director, and Ms. Christy Chapetta, who is our K-8 Science Coordinator. And they are here to represent both of our pathways. Our first pathway is the English Innovation Pathway. It includes STEM and Spanish. And our French Immersion Pathway, which is French immersion. And they will tell you all about what that means, but yes, it really does look like first and second graders listening and learning and speaking French. So that's exciting. Our first graders in the English Innovation Pathway are doing the same in English and in Spanish. And they're coding and doing robotics and all that cool stuff. Either pathway, whatever you choose, your child will be taught according to the Massachusetts state standards in English language arts, literacy, math, science, technology, history, social science, world languages, arts, and they will all have the same specialists, um, PE, art, music, they all have technology. Um, so all sorts of really exciting stuff that is totally similar in both pathways. Both pathways are going to introduce your child to everything that a first grader needs to know in, according to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. So we have common curriculum um, and common assessments, again, in both pathways. We use Into Math as our math curriculum. It's brand new. We um, are using it for the first time this year. The kids are really loving it. Your kids in kindergarten are participating in a different math program, but starting in first grade, either English or French, um, your child will be exposed to the Into Math curriculum. Um, in the French immersion pathway, it is simply just translated for your, for your child, but it's the exact same content, the exact same pacing um, and the exact same standards covered. So first, I'm going to turn it over to Christy Chapetta, who's going to tell you a little bit more about the English Innovation Pathway, 
then Zena is going to share with you a little bit more about the French Immersion Pathway. Then what you really came for is Dr. Glenn Pavlicek, who's gonna tell you all the dates and the logistics and everything you need to know about, you know, the ins and outs of making this decision. And then the most important part is the time at the end. We have six amazing educators in the Milton Public Schools right up here in front, and they have come, taken the time out of their night to come here because we know no, you don't really want to hear from us. <laughs> you really want to hear from the people who are doing it every day and ask them the real questions about what it's like on the ground every day in first grade in both pathways. So I'm going to turn it over to Christy now. Oh, yes, it, this is being recorded and it will be sent out tomorrow on the website tomorrow. And all of these slides, oh, that's a good point. I won't, I won't yell, sorry. No, um, I don't want to trip on your cord here. So it is being recorded and we will post it to the website. But more importantly, every year I've been doing this presentation for a while now. And every year when we get to the big slides about logistics, everybody's phones come out and they start taking pictures of the like dates and the, the deadlines. Um, do not worry. We are going to personally, each, uh, each of the four elementary principals is going to email you this entire slide deck. It's going to have every bit of the information that we're going to present tonight in it. So don't stress. Don't feel like you have to write anything down or take any pictures. <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> All right, welcome again. Um, I wanna start by introducing myself. I'm Christy Chapetta, K-8 Science Coordinator. I support uh, students K through eight and our elementary students in science for both the French and English pathways. Our curriculum is the same, um, regardless of pathway for science. Um, I also support the STEM program in the English Innovation Pathway. I'm excited to first share some good news. Um, we are updating our STEM curriculum in grades one through three. This transition began this year um, with grade three and we're gonna continue next year in grades one and two. Um, we expect a little bit of variety as we roll out some new programming, but we're working towards implementing our, a curriculum called Project Lead the Way in grades one through five. Um, prior to COVID, we used Project Lead the Way as our curriculum for STEM in grades four and five. Um, and thanks to some generous funding from the Mass STEM Hub, we have been able to get grants that will allow us to purchase new materials for grades one through three and to update some of our units that we're using in grades four and five. So this is pretty exciting um, for us. This curriculum, Project Lead the Way, is one of the unique things about it is that it has a wide range of options for STEM. We have, um, there's coding modules, there's more science-based modules, there's engineering modules. Um, for us, one of the great things about it, it's constantly updated and we're able to sort of expand and make adjustments as our needs change within our programming. So in grade one, students next year will have a bit of a hybrid model. Uh, we currently have a Lego engineering curriculum that was developed by Tufts University, but we will also be piloting some of the modules for Project Lead the Way. Um, students, all students in all grades one through five have about an hour per week of STEM. It varies from classroom to classroom what this looks like. Some have larger blocks, some might do it two weeks in smaller blocks, but either way, that's a general expectation. Um, this Lego curriculum here that we're using has students that's story-based. So students solve a real-world problem based on a story that they might um, read in a book. So in this one, the Katie, 
the big steam, the, the big snow steam shovel. Um, students are then building snow plows to move Legos and sort of doing some projects based on that. Um, when you're home, if you want to view the slide deck, there's some links that show that. In addition, we will be then doing some more coding modules through Project Lead the Way that we'll be rolling out this year. One of the reasons I think we will continue to keep both of these modules, the Lego and the Project Lead the Way in first grade, because teachers feel like it's a good introduction to STEM, and we've, gotten, we've received some pretty positive feedback about that. So I think these will both stay. Uh, by the time your kindergartners are in grade two, we will have rolled out completely um, the Project Lead the Way modules there. There are two modules that we will be using in grade two, one on material science and one called Grids and Games. All of the Project Lead the Way modules have a similar pattern to them. They're based on a story that introduces a problem. So it's like three kids, three friends who have some sort of dilemma that they're trying to solve. There are three different activities that they do that introduce them to some major concepts. And then there's a, there's a project that they do where they apply some of these ideas, and then it wraps up with a larger problem where students act as engineers to solve the problem that was originally presented by the students in the story. They seem to be very well received and very kid friendly. Um, our initial sort of feedback has been super positive from kids, and they like that there's a hands-on component that they're building. We're, we might be using computer programming, but for every time there's a, if it's a more computer-based module, then there's always a hands-on component with it. And some of them are more engineering-based and completely hands-on where they may be using technology for a different purpose to record a video or do some sort of podcast. There's some different options within it. So in grade three, we have a forces unit called Stability in Motion and another computer-based programming module called Programming Patterns. Um, a good example, as we're trying to learn more about these new modules we're using or to help you understand them, um, in the engineering model module for third grade, students have to come up with a compound machine that will rescue a zoo animal. In second grade, they're trying to figure out a device to keep an ice pop frozen. Um, they're very, these are sort of the end problems that they're, type, they're solving and along the way they learn some different skills and content to help them do, do so effectively. In grade four, we actually have an updated module on energy. Um, they do a biomedical module that focuses on the human brain and then there's a computer science module that follows up on the brain module on input and output. All of these modules involve students working in groups, following the design process to problem solve, collaborate, and use computational thinking. In grade five, we have a robotics module, an engineering module, and another biomedical module. Um, one of the highlights of Project Lead the Way for us is the is the flexibility that it allows us. Because it's a platform with several different modules, we've been able to make some adjustments as our needs have changed. So for example, in fifth grade, um, one of our modules was called infection detection, which post COVID, students have a much greater knowledge of how infections and viruses are spread. Um, and so thanks to this grant, we've been able to add a new module that's more um, around material science. Um, we still will probably do infection detection at the end, but because we have access to a wider range of curriculum, we've been able to choose some new options for students and the grants are allowing us to roll out a new module to add to the repertoire since infection detection goes much quicker now that we have a greater understanding. Um, so in general, I think we have some really exciting options for our STEM program. I think 
over time, we have post COVID especially, um, we've made some adjustments because now we're one-to-one -one in the district. Whereas before we were teaching kids how to use Chromebooks and how to use an iPad, our needs are different. And we're trying to build more, a more hands-on curriculum that capitalizes on technology, but focuses on students solving problems in collaboration. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to ask myself or Jen Van Hill, our, one of our educational technology specialists is here and she is helping with this Project Lead the Way rollout. Um, and I'm gonna take this moment to introduce Zina Hamada, our World Language Director. Hi everyone, I'm Zina Hamada. I'm the Director of World Languages for uh, grades one to 12. And um, in the English innovation pathway, um, in this district, we think languages are so important and we wanna offer language at an early age for all our students, starting in grade one. So in the English innovation pathway, our students do take Spanish as a specialty. In grades one and two, they'll take a 30 minute period of Spanish instruction a week. And in grades three, four and five, they get two times 45 minutes of Spanish a week. Today, our links are not working because of the internet, but when you get this presentation, we've inserted some links where you can see Spanish in action um, in the classrooms. We have three phenomenal Spanish elementary teachers in our district, and they work together, together collaboratively to create a curriculum that is really very encompassing um, in terms of what they teach. So um, because I'm a one to 12 <laughs> director, I wanna tell you a little bit about what happens further on in the years um, after elementary school. So students who have successfully completed five years at the elementary level are usually going to Pierce Middle School <laughs> and they are um, not Spanish A level anymore. We put them in Spanish B, which is a higher level of Spanish um, at the middle school. But of course, this will depend on teacher recommendations. If they feel um, that students are ready, they will offer them the B level. If not, they will still uh, offer them the A level. By the end of eighth grade, when they come to the high school, students are going into Spanish too. Um, I think we missed a little bit about the content here. So what do they uh, teach in those Spanish classes at the elementary level? So there's a lot of reading, writing, listening, speaking, and we purchased during COVID a very nice platform, iXL, which we use for both math and Spanish, and we use it for grades four and five for grammar and vocabulary in Spanish, grades four and five. Uh, we, they also cover math, like numbers, counting, colors, shapes, patterns, and then a little bit of science, a little bit of social studies. They also go into cultural events like during Hispanic uh, Heritage Month, they had a lot of projects about that. Um, so the kids were really excited. They do song, dance, a lot about culture. So now I'm gonna go into the French immersion program. So contrary to the, um, so we have two programs, right? English Innovation Pathway that has STEM and Spanish. Um, Spanish in the English Innovation Pathway is a specialty and I say that because I have some parents emailing me saying the Spanish program and the French Immersion Program, Spanish is a specialty in the English Innovation Pathway. French Immersion Program is a program because the tool of instruction is French. So teachers at the grade one level teach in French. 
Uh, it's an instructional model where the general school curriculum is taught through the medium of the target language, which is French. The program continues with advanced instruction through middle and high school. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. The elementary French immersion program is a commitment. And we say that because we don't try French the first year and then say we want to go to English or it doesn't work that way. We have to commit to the program and go along. Uh, Students who come in after grade one, we ask them to take a placement test. And the reason for this is because the tool of instruction is in French, we don't want students to not be able to do math and science and social studies in French uh, because they didn't gain the language from the beginning. And of course, if space is available. <laughs> okay, in grades one and two, all subjects are taught in French, except for specialties like art, music, phys ed, educational technology. Those are taught by specialists in English. Uh, I don't say library because our wonderful librarian, Mr. Coven, is bilingual. Grades three and four, 50% of the curriculum is taught in French. So uh, they start their English instruction in third grade. So they have French language arts, social studies, and science in French. And the 50% of the day is in English. So they take English language arts and math. In grade five, 30% of that curriculum is taught in French, where students take French language arts and social studies in French, and the rest of their day is in English. So they take math, English language arts, and science in English. So a lot of parents ask, how do these students you know, start English in third grade? With our experience as teachers, administrators, a lot of this skill set transfers from French to English. So formal English instruction is introduced in grade three. Skills in reading, phonics transfer from French to English. And we know that language, learning languages has shown that it helps strengthen uh, the cognitive and metacognitive development of students. So students will typically learn to read fluently in English with formal and targeted instruction with the transfer of linguistic skills from French to English. This year, we were given the privilege of hiring a uh, French reading specialist also in third grade. So now they cover grade one, two, and three. So what's the process? How does it start? When your students come into a French immersion classroom, the teacher is, does a lot of input output, the teacher talks in French, then in English, and in French, and in English, and they start getting used to it. And at the beginning, they might be very silent and not responding, but then it comes out, all of it. Um, classroom instruction is in French, unless, of course, there's a safety concern. The teacher will revert to English. There's no time to translate in a fire drill or a unfortunately other situations. And in a matter of weeks, students will increasingly participate in French. So parents will start saying, they sing songs like in French all by themselves. They read little books, they talk to each other, they have a sibling, and that's where the parents like, and I don't understand what they're saying. So in October and November, you will see a total output from the student side uh, where they start really everything comes out. So at the beginning, the teacher might say, mettez-vous en ligne, in a line, and then 
the students will start coming to the teacher in October, say, on se met en ligne, and they start speaking in French themselves. It's amazing to see. So at home, parents will say, but I don't speak any French. Well, that's okay, because parents at home may not always understand the materials used in class. Students know what to do because teachers are very specific in what they need to have students do at home. And they're always available for questions the next day, email. It's okay. If they can't do something, they come back the next day, the teacher's there. The math homework goes home in English. We've done that for a long time and it works that way. Parents and guardians are also encouraged to read stories in any language at home. It's okay. Um, the intake of language is a big span for our students. Um, I grew up trilingual. My parents read to me in three languages. It's okay. Uh, maybe have your students read in French to you and explain the story and they love that. So I had a sample of a newsletter from a, a Glover teacher that goes out to families. It's very explanatory. It has a lot of pictures. It has a lot of explanations. So you'll be up to date with everything happening in the classroom. At home, we also have additional resources that can be provided to you by the teachers for more practice if need be. During the pandemic, we learned about this great platform called La Lilo, which is a platform that comes from France. And our students are using that platform right now. And we, in this immersion program, have asked this company to increase the levels that they offer because our students went beyond the K-2. So they increased it to sixth grade for our fifth grade students. So students journey through different worlds in this platform, collecting badges, unlocking stories, vocabulary rich stories, words that are very engaging and fun. And in La Lilo, what the teacher is able to do is track a whole class or individual progress of students. They can also assign specific lessons. And it's um, a platform that is adaptive. So it goes back to the level of the student. If there's a skill that the student is not able to uh, master, it will go back to it. So I had three huge slides with a window into the classroom for you to see how uh, you might wonder, like, how do they talk to each other? What does the teacher say to them? Do they understand? How does math work? How does science work? So these wonderful teachers that are here at the front row um, offered to a small window into their classroom and filmed some of the things that happen in phonics and reading and social studies. So please take some time to watch these clips at home. So what happens beyond fifth grade? When they go to Pierce Middle School, students in French immersion stay in French immersion. Um, they take two periods in French, French language arts and French humanities. In high school, students can take a prep class called the DELF, Diplôme d'études de langue française, where they will get a, uh, from the French Ministry of Education, certification to be able to work. And the certification is for life. This year, we partnered with the French Cultural Center in Boston and the consul who came to Milton and um, visited us. And four universities presented to our students at the high school, uh, Sciences Po Paris, University Paris-Saclay, Sorbonne, and Université Paris Sciences et Lettres. And they um, presented something called Parcoursup, which is a pathway to universities in France.
And the French embassy is very invested in helping our students to uh, apply for a semester abroad, for all their education abroad, whatever they want. And um, we are also applying for something called La Belle France Education, which is a label that is given to our schools as an accredited program. Thank you. Just like the French teachers in my school, I could listen to her talk all night. It's just so pretty. I would never sound like that if I tried to say those words. <laughs> and I took French. <sighs> so um, uh, a commonly asked question is around special education. Um, as with all students, special education services are based on the needs of each student, regardless of participation in either program. All students have the same rights to a special education evaluation, a special education individualized education plan, um, and all students, regardless of program choice, have the right to services based on whatever identified disability they might have. Um, all students who qualify for special education services must be found eligible through the team process. So if you feel like there might be something going on and you want to learn more about it or your teacher might uh, let you know that they've brought your child through student support team and um, that we're looking a little bit further at some um, intricacies in their learning, um, you will be brought through what is called the special education team process. It's a whole team of evaluators and educators who will come together and basically say, here's what we think your child needs in order to thrive and succeed and maximize their fullest potential. Um, usually, uh, if a student's identified with a disability, then the team, well, always, if a student's identified with a disability, then the team develops an individualized education plan that has goals, that has benchmarks, and that has services. Special educator, a related service provider, so maybe a speech and language pathologist, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, someone like that might be pushing into the classroom or pulling your child out of the classroom to provide specialized instruction in the area that was identified by the team. Um, we have a continuum of services in, in the Milton Public Schools, and I can say in my years here, it just keeps growing, which is really wonderful because we're able to meet the complex needs of our kids um, more and more each year. Um, we have a co-taught strand at Glover uh, with uh, for students with language-based learning deficits. Also at Glover, we have a um, we house the STEP program, which is an amazing um, crew of kiddos who benefit from wraparound therapeutic support. We have collaborative classrooms at the Cunningham. Those are K to five classrooms for students with moderate needs across cognition and communication. Also at Glover, we have a K-5 language-based classroom um, with students uh, who either have specific learning disabilities or students with sort of neurodiverse complex profiles. Um, at Collicott, um, there's the NEC program. NEC stands for New England Center for Children and Partners Classrooms. Those are for children on the autism spectrum. And then in every school, we offer direct and related services and push-in and pull-out services um, via the Learning Center model. 
But I think what I really just wanted to impress upon all of you on behalf of uh, Susan Maselli, who is our Administrator of Pupil Personnel Services, aka Special Education Director. Um, she can't be here tonight. What we really wanted to impress upon all of you is that if your child has needs and we need to meet those needs, we will meet those needs regardless of program choice. Um, every child is entitled to specialized instruction if they are identified as having a disability. So we really just wanted to make sure you knew that. And now like the part that you were all dying for. <laughs> Dr. Pavlicek, who could do this in his sleep, because this is probably your 57th first grade information night that you've done, um, is gonna is gonna walk you through the process. And it feels daunting, but remember, we're gonna send out the slides, you can check with everything, and I can speak on behalf of Kat and Holly and John and the assistant principals at each school, just call us. If you if if any of this starts to feel muddy, just call us. We'll walk you through the whole process. But Dr. Pavlicek. So over the next few days, you're gonna be looking at this presentation on the website and hopefully watching the links and deciding, you know, very difficult choice probably, which of these two programs you're, you're looking at uh, putting your children into. Um, our goal is to give you the choice you want um, and to give it to you in the school that you're currently in. That, however, is tricky because people choose things differently. Um, so the first thing that's going to happen is, as I say, the, you're going to make your choice. Tomorrow, uh, teachers will be sending home forms um, for you to choose which program you're interested in. They have to be back by the end of next week because it's going to take us a little while to do this. But we have to know what the interest is in each program because it does vary from year to year. It varies from school to school. And we have a lot of moving parts here to try to give people what they want. First off, by Massachusetts law, English is the lang language of instruction in Massachusetts. So if you choose the English Innovation Pathways program, you are going to get the English Innovation Pathways program. That's the law, all right? So um, that's part of it. We need, um, we, as you undoubtedly have heard and seen from being in the schools, don't have a lot of spare classrooms out there, like zero um, across the four schools. We have 16 kindergarten classes. We will have 16 first grade classes. We do not have the luxury of adding an extra class to overflow for choices in one program or the other because we don't have room for it. Um, so that makes it a little harder. Um, so, but we, that's one of the reasons we have to work on this. Every school needs at least two English Innovation Pathways classrooms for a variety of reasons, mixing some, we have students with some special needs who have to be integrated into classes, they have to have peer role models. There's a variety of reasons that we have to have two English Innovation Pathways programs at each school. Beyond that, it's a question of choice. Um, again, if 75, if you have four uh, kindergartens in your elementary school and Three quarters of the people choose English. We're going to have three English and one French classroom. If it's 50% choose English, it's going to be two English and two French classrooms. It's going to be very much up to the choice of, of the various people. Um, and we'll have to, uh, we will work around that. This slide uh, said, you know, at the bottom notice, if enrollment requires an additional grade one section is needed, sorry, not happening. Um, 
that might have been last year's slide, um, but unless we're putting them in the parking lot, there's no, uh, no place for another classroom this year. So the, we, um, the English Innovation Pathways program classes, we try to start at around 22 students. The French, we started about 26. That's because as people move into the district, they're going into English probably. We don't have a lot of people who can move into the district and join a grade three French immersion class because it'll be a question of where they came from, um, possibly from a French speaking language, uh, country and possibly they may even need the English more than the French at that point if they're coming in as, as French speakers. So the, the English language, uh, English innovation pathways classes get larger as, uh, as the years go by by Fifth grade, they're around 24, 25. The French start at 26. Um, they stay pretty much there. Uh, there may be some people who move out of town or maybe it's down to 24 by four, fifth grade, but basically we limit the, uh, limit the size of English in the first grade. And so what happens? Um, we will look at the uh, availability of seats. So for instance, if we have you know, 50, you know, if we're at a, a four strand school, you have four kindergartens, and we have 55 students choose English, um, that's gonna be three classrooms. Not really three full classrooms, but it's three classrooms. Um, and probably there will be too many people choosing French to be in that one additional French classroom. So what do we do? We, do, we have a, a two-tiered system here. First off, we will have a lottery for the French seats in that school. I mean, if they have too many people who are requesting it and we don't have enough seats, we will hold a lottery. We'll be holding it um, at the end of this month. And then um, for those people who, are, who don't make the, the cut of 26 or 52 or whatever the cut is for the particular school for the French program, there'll be a waiting list. Then what we also do is we take all the people on all four, well, well, there won't be four, but on all the waiting lists for whatever school, some may have it, some may not, and do a second lottery for them. Because then generally if we don't have seats at one school, we might have seats at another. And in that district-wide lottery, again, separate lottery, we'll go down that and say, you know, I don't have a seat for you at the Glover School, but I do have a seat for you at the Collicott School. Would you like to take it? If you do that, you still stay on the lottery for your home school because we want you in your home school if we can do it, all right? You'll still stay on the lottery for your home school, but you will be giving up an English seat. You're, you will either be in French at the home school or in French at the other school that you choose. So it's not a question of um, making a choice and say, well, I'll, I'll take that for now, but if I can't get it, I'll go back into English at my home school. That, that won't work, we can't do that. So we'll have the, the individual lotteries for any school that has a, uh, too much demand for French. We'll have the, the system-wide lottery, and we will you know, walk our way down the list. And if you take a seat, as I say, in another school, but a seat opens up in your school, we go back to the, district, to the school lottery and bring you back. And there will be a lot of motion between now and the first day of school in the fall, I can promise you, because I've done this a few times. Um, there, there's a lot of, there are a lot of moving parts here. Um, this is uh, based on folks who are currently in uh, kindergarten in the Milton Public Schools. You're the ones who are getting the forms tomorrow. You're the ones who are making the choices for next week. You're the ones we're placing. 
There may be at some point later people coming in from private kindergarten or moving into town. We will hold a second lottery for those folks in June if, you know, if there are still seats available, if we run through our lotteries and so forth. But basically the first round of filling seats is for people who are currently in the kindergarten in the Milton Public Schools. So um, these are just basically referring to the things I've been saying. Um, so we'll just keep going. And we'll, you know, as I say, this will play out through the entire summer, um, which I apologize can be nerve wracking if you're on a waiting list, but it's, it's not much fun for us either. But we'll, you know, we will try to make this work and we make every effort to try to get you in your home school in the program you want. Um, and uh, as it, this says that it could even be a third lottery in August if there are still seats available and people move in over the summer. Um, that's probably not you. Um, in terms of just a few of the logistics, uh, if you have twins, they get one spot in the lottery. We're not gonna separate twins. Under the law, we can't actually. If, if you want your twins in the same, or triplets or whatever in the same class together, you have the legal right to do that. Um, so if we have a couple of twins, they go in one spot of the lottery. They either both get in or they don't. Um, and uh, if you are opt to go to French in a different school other than your home school, and we will provide uh, bus transportation, free transportation to get you there. Um, I did mention before, if you opt to change schools, you're not, you don't have the option of going back to your home school in English because that seat is probably taken. And just so the dates um, being distributed tomorrow, forms are due next week. Um, our lotteries will be the end of the month and we'll be getting in touch with you with the initial assignments in the second week or so of April, before mm -hmm. April vacation. So those are the, the timelines, that's what we're looking at. Um, and I think I've already said that. You will get your teacher assignments in August. Um, we will give you your school assignments now, but uh, teacher assignments in, are in August. And we do hold the waiting lists open until the 10th day of school in the fall. So this actually doesn't get settled until day 10 um, in September, because there are some last minute changes that always happen in you know, August surprises, we like to call them, um, that, that happen between now and then. But once the, the year starts and we're 10 days into it, it's all over, we're, we're, we're locking it down at that point because it's too hard to switch anything at that point. So, um, give it back to Principal McDavid. A million dollar question, right? Um, if you're here, it probably is because you wanna educate yourself as best as you can before you make this decision, but there's a lot of kindergarten parents who aren't here because all these seats would be full otherwise. So some people come in knowing they know because maybe they think there are all, there are other children did a certain pathway, or maybe they know teachers in, in a certain pathway or something like that. Um, our biggest lesson, our biggest piece of advice that we can give you is you know your child better than anyone. You were your child's first teacher and you know your child better than anyone. I would encourage you to think about each of your children as individuals. I have had experiences where, you know, there's four children in a family and the other three did 
English and so or French and then and then the fourth comes along and the 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 parent has to make a pretty brave choice to say I don't know I think this is better for this fourth child and it always pans out right I can tell you that it's a nerve-wracking decision to make but you know your children you know what their strengths are, you know what their passions are, you know who they are as learners, you know their style of learning, you know what's important to you and your family. And the good news is no matter what, by the end of high school, your children will uh, will acquire a second language, no matter what, Spanish or French. Um, the, it can be tempting to ask your kindergarten teacher um, to help you with that decision. <laughs> and conferences are tomorrow, so it's even more tempting because our poor kindergarten teachers are like, yo, we spent all 10 minutes talking to, uh, you know. So what we will tell you is that um, as much as you would love for us to like tell you, do French or do English. Um, we can't tell you that. It is entirely family choice. So a lot of questions that come up afterwards are around, um, I, we've heard all sorts of questions about, you know, demographics of classrooms and, and different pathways and things like that. And it's always a really tricky answer because the answer is it's entirely family choice. We don't weigh in at all. Um, and so everything is up in the air. Like Dr. Pavlicek said, we don't know what we're going to get until you all throw your choices in and we shake it all up and we dump it out and we see where we're at. Um, and every year is totally different. I think I've got it down and then the next year I get thrown another curveball. So, um, so we will just say it is your choice. It is, you know, your children best. Um, and, but your kindergarten teachers are absolutely prepared and ready to talk to you about how your child's doing in ELA, how your child's doing in math, how your child's doing with literacy acquisition, all of that good stuff. And you might take all of that and process that and then consider what you've learned tonight from Zena and from Christy and sort of say, where do you think your child, you know, fits best? Um, I will say, I'm not sure if it was said, but I think um, it also um, is important to mention that after about the 10th day, um, say you choose French um, and your first grader comes home, this happens and says, oh my God, what is happening in my first grade classroom? I don't understand anything that's going on. And there's a lot of tears. Um, we ask you, hold on tight. It always gets better. It always gets better. And we try after the 10th day of school not to make any switches um, because it is really one of those things where we kind of just have to gut it out. And it, it does, I promise, it always gets better. Um, the question and answer portion is always really um, insightful for us as administrators and educators. We want to know what your questions are. I encourage you to stay to uh, hear the questions of your um, fellow citizens. And I do want to take a minute to introduce there's eight of them and they're so amazing and I, I don't want to introduce you. I would love for each of you, sorry, to stand up. Oh, nine of you, um, to stand up. And if you can just introduce yourself, because I know they would love to put a face with a name, introduce yourself, tell us what grade you teach or what your specialty is and what school. Um, and then it is your turn to ask us what you want to ask us. Um, and we love this part. It's always fun to have questions. So go for it. I'm coming, hang on. Here we go. I'm coming. 
Hi, my name is Caroline Morton. I am a second grade French immersion teacher at Cunningham, and I was actually a student of the French immersion program as well. Bonsoir. Um, I'm Fatima Bourassalzain. I'm a first grade French immersion in Calicut. Uh, bonsoir, uh, I am Madame Segal, Emmanuel Petit Segal, and I am first grade French uh, at Cunningham. My name is Jen Van Hill, I am the technology specialist at Tucker and Glover. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caitlin Deptula, I teach um, first grade in the English pathway at Collicott. Hi, I'm Maureen McLean. I teach first grade at Cunningham in the English Innovation Program. I'm Marianne Lubigo. I'm the French Reading Specialist for Cunningham and Calicut. Hi, I'm Mary-Kate Theobald. I'm grade four French at Calicut. I'm Olivia McGrath. I'm grade three at Calicut French Immersion. And like Caroline, I also went through the French Immersion Program myself. Awesome. So they are here to talk to after we're done with the question and answer. Sometimes it's hard to ask a question in front of everybody. So feel free to come up afterwards. That's why they're here. Um, I will come to you with a microphone if you have a question, just so that the recording can pick up your question as well. So anybody brave enough to start? Yay. Hi, uh, my son goes to Tucker. I speak French. And so the concern that I have is that I didn't realize it was complete teaching in French. So I already speak French with him at home, or my mother does. And so now I'm wondering, should I be doing the reverse? You know, when he's at home, should I speak English with him? Um, I, I grew up bilingual as well. So my mother never spoke English. She says, français," and I'm fine, clearly. <laughs> but I just want to get your idea Thank you. So we see a lot of transfer, right? You can speak to your child in any language. I grew up in an Arabic-speaking household. My parents spoke to me in Arabic. Nobody spoke to me in English. I have perfect English. Nobody spoke to me in French. I have perfect French. But I would say speak to your child in any language and read to them in any language. Hi, I'm Lisa Barone. I have a daughter at Tucker. Um, you had a very helpful slide up there detailing what happens through fifth grade. And by fifth grade, there is a transfer. So 70% of the instruction is back to English and then 30% in French. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what happens for the French immersion children once they get to junior high and high school and how that's continued forward. And then um, two-prong question, for those interested in the English and Spanish, um, and STEM pathway. Do you have any data on the children who do that and how many are actually testing into that second level of Spanish by the time they get to high school? Great questions. I don't want to overwhelm you with going into high school, but actually our French immersion students, when they go to Pierce, they go uh, and have two periods of French, French language arts and French humanities in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. 
our French immersion students, when they go into the high school, they still are on the pathway of French immersion. So they go into French immersion four, five, six, seven AP, and French connection seven, which is the Delft class I talked about. We do offer non-immersion French at the high school though. So for the um, English innovation pathway students, when they get into uh, Pierce Middle School, they're the ones who have a choice. So after fifth grade, we most, unless it's really a special case where a student came at the end of fourth grade, did fifth grade Spanish, and then we might recommend Spanish A. Most of our students from elementary go into Spanish B at Pierce Middle School. Now, those students who choose not to do Spanish anymore can go into Latin classes at the Pierce Middle School. And they have Latin one, two, three. Now, um, the English Innovation Pathway students who go into Spanish at the Pierce Middle School go into Spanish B, C, and D, and then when they come to the high school, they all go into Spanish two, not one, because one is like you're starting from scratch, and they've had so many years of that. So it kind of covers Spanish one at the high school. Um, some students who are native speakers, who have parents who speak Spanish at home, fluent, might test into our Spanish three. But also I can't give like definite answers. It's really a one by one case where we give them placement tests at the high school. Some of them go into CP level, some of them go into honors level, which is accelerated, right? And then the students who go into Latin at Pierce Middle School and do those three years in Latin, when they come to our high school, they go into Latin too. So they've covered a year of Latin too. Did I answer your question? So this is the, the difference. The, the immersion program is an immersive program. It's a program in French where the language of instruction is French. Whereas in the English innovation pathway, Spanish is more of a specialty. There is language acquisition, but it's not immersive. Yes. Well, they have tested subjects in fifth grade, so they have MCAS, English, Math, and Science, so those subjects are uh, taught in English. Correct. Part of their... Part of their immersive experience is 30% of their day. So the French immersion teacher takes over that part of the day and does French, French language arts and social studies in fifth grade. And then they go into the same thing two periods at Pierce Middle School. So it's not a fully immersive day. They have to take their MCAS, right? Okay. Were you asking about in English with Spanish or were you asking about in French? Did that answer it? Okay, cool. Who's up? I'm coming. Um, this is a question about English innovation. Um, you walk through the different modules of STEM. They look really interesting, but like how much of their year of instruction are those modules in terms of like how long do the modules last and how much per week are they spending on, on those activities? Is it a little bit or a lot? Um, so this picks it up for the, for the recording. I'm getting my steps in. You okay. are. Um, so STEM is about one hour a week. Um, 
from first through fifth grade for all students in the English Innovation Pathway. Uh, the modules right now, we are built in, so our plan right now is some of their technology time may introduce these modules or support the modules plus the one hour a week of STEM. Um, our plan is that our Project Lead the Way curriculum will lead us through the entire school year. So students start um, probably mid-September, they'll kick off their first Project Lead the Way module, and over time they will be working on it all throughout the year. Um, one of the great things about the curriculum is there are probably up to eight modules per year that we have access to. So as we feel like we need a little bit more at a particular grade, we can always adopt an additional module there. Does that, make, does that answer your question? Great. Anybody else? I had a clarification question. So if you choose English, are you guaranteed a spot in English at your home school? And then if you choose French and you don't get a spot at your home school, do you have the choice to stay at your home school but in English or do you then in limbo? To save me steps, because I've got another question up here, the answer is yes. If you want English, you stay in your home school and you are guaranteed a seat in English. Um, if you say, second one again. Yeah. Yes. Answers yes for that too. So the first question. Oh, that's so nice. Okay. All right. Um, that's so nice. Um, so the first question was: If you are um, interested in English, it, 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 you are guaranteed an English seat in your homeschool, wherever your child is in kindergarten right now. If you check the English innovation box, that's where your child will stay, guaranteed. The second question was, if you choose French and you don't get a French seat in your homeschool, do you have the option of switching to English in order to stay in your homeschool? For some families, they say to themselves, it's more important that we stay in our homeschool? Um, and the answer to that is yes as well, if you happened to not get a seat in your homeschool. We do work really, really hard to get you there. Um, M Glenn works miracles. We got, I know, I've got one over here too. Hang on. Um, what type of STEM programs or topics are taught in the French immersion? You had gone through some of those modules like coding and robotics. Is any of that taught in French immersion? projects and different things that um, Jen Van Hill and Sarah Doherty, our head tech specialists, do with, their, with those classes in French. There's a question over here. Hi, thanks. Um, are there any comparative data you can share about student achievement, MCAS scores between the two programs? I know it varies year to year, and um, but any data you could share would be helpful. Thank you. That's, that's like a million dollar question, right? <laughs> we get it every year. Anybody want it or you want me to take it? Oh, good, okay. Um, 
<laughs> so what we can tell you is that um, probably at least 10 years ago now, um, we did have a researcher come in. She did a comprehensive study of both programs and she compared MCAS outcomes um, and standardized testing outcomes and all of how long? How long ago? Oh, <laughs> um, it, it's been a while, so we might need to uh, rethink uh, doing that again. But I would say, I would argue that the data still stands. Um, our outcomes are comparable program to program. Um, and that's really because we're teaching the same standards. We're teaching the same content. It's just the language that we are using to teach the content that is different. It's not that we're actually teaching different content. So when it comes time for MCAS in third, fourth, and fifth grade, they've been exposed to the same exact standards as, as delineated by DESI. So um, certainly there's variation year to year, um, but I, as a principal, have never been able to look at data and I look at it all day long. <laughs> I've never been able to look at it and be like, oh, that's, that kid did French, that kid did English. It's, I've never, ever been able to do that. They, um, by the time testing comes around, third, fourth, and fifth grade, again, also, if they're in the French immersion program, they're doing English at that point also. Um, so it really sort of, everything kind of evens out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to add on to that, we have a metrics team and they put together a presentation we can share with you. We did a thorough review of student achievement over the last couple of years, as well as set goals for the next five years. So if you contact the superintendent's office, we can share that with you if you can't find it on the website. Thank you. It's, um, it was uh, reviewed at a school committee meeting too. And Vivu, our data specialist, actually broke it out, French immersion versus English. So if you really wanna geek out, that's, <laughs> that's where to go. Hi, I have two questions. One is logistics. We have two kids, one is third grade, one is gonna go first grade next year. If our kindergartner gets assigned first grade at a different school, will his brother go with him? Sorry if you addressed that already. And then the second question is for the teacher, teachers who joined. Have you seen, um, you know, great misery in a kid in the program in the beginning or uh, really lack of success, let me call it, and then how did you address that? Were there any instances where the parent had to sort of pull the kid out of the public system just because he could not cope with the French program? Not that my kid is not a genius, but just in <laughs> case, you know. So I think your first question, your child, you have a third grader and your homeschool is Tucker and um, in French immersion or English? English. And if you chose French immersion at Tucker and there wasn't a seat in French immersion at Tucker, what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> you could, basically uh, they would be in two different schools, but you could request that your third grader move to the other school. Um, it would be on a, if there's space available basis, obviously, um, but that could be a request we could look at. And then I think your second question, I promise there's no misery. I didn't mean that. I just meant a couple tears here and there. Anybody want to take that first couple days? <laughs> there's never misery. <laughs> um, we understand as first grade French immersion, but it's very difficult for the children at the beginning to kind of figuring out 
the French, but also all the routines and all that. And I think it's a leap of faith sometimes for some parents, but it takes time, but usually the children, after a while, they get used because what it is with the first grade French, we have a routine, and it's the same type of paper with different information. Every, every week we have a different chapter, so the children, the more they get in control of knowing what's going on, the more comfortable. So we more have to deal with parents sometimes with a little uh, kind of... Uh, second thinking or whatever, but otherwise we, we make our, we really kind of make sure that a child is comfortable and if there is difficulty, we always try to figure out the best way. A child is a child. I'm just going to add something to what you just said. So we are two very And Marianne is one small person who uh, is all data informed. So she seems to have a fun excuse that she's there. We have two other Marianne and Jordan stuff, so we provide a lot of support for our students. So nobody can help them. Not sure what to add, but um, yes, there is support in every school um, in French, and we start from the very first day of first grade, supporting them in small groups in the classrooms. And Dr. Pavlicek wants you to know the misery is on the part of the parents, not the children. Hi, um, if you have kids who are in the French Immersion Program who are interested in um, experiencing Spanish, can they switch over in high school or, or do both? They can't do both, but they can switch. Okay, this is kind of a silly question, but some schools only have one French class, so I imagine there's a lot of social dynamics. So can you talk a little bit about kids being together for four or five years in the same group and how that goes? Yeah, that's fun. Fourth grade, by the time they get to fourth grade. The cool thing is, in fifth grade, this is like a little known fact, in fifth grade, we mix them all up for 70% of their day. So usually the principal in me is like, just get to fifth grade so we can mix them all up again. Um, does anybody here want to take that single? Okay. Um, so my, in my experience as a second grade teacher, what we've been doing to help um, the single strand classes like we have at Cunningham is we give them a lot of social emotional support. We might have the school adjustment counselor come in and teach lessons. Those won't be in English. Um, we give them a lot of social emotional support in addition to, you know, the, the academics that they're getting per day. So it is something that we do take into account as we, as all teachers do when they look at the group of students in front of them, we meet their needs. Um, so one of those resources that we do have available is the school adjustment counselor. 
It's real though. Like that's real, right? They end up like family by fourth grade. They're going to be fighting like siblings and they really do fight like siblings. <laughs> I know for a fact. Hey there. Uh, first off, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate that. I guess my question you touched on earlier was regarding the grant program for some of the STEM research and in terms of frequency of grants or duration of those grants, are there any challenges where my son would go into first grade under a grant program and then by third or fourth grade that grant has, has evaporated? That is a good question. No, um, the grant funding that we received is actually um, the first cycle paid for two of our elementary schools to purchase new materials and then we recently received a second round to make sure that all four elementary schools now um, that funding actually just purchased us the materials that we need that we'll be able to continue with um, over the for the duration so basically um, there's initial investment in some equipment and so we were able to buy that equipment and we have a regular budget line that allows us to do the sort of refurbishment for the consumable materials. And we already paid, we had already been paying for the platform that we use that has access to the curriculum. So the funding for Project Lead the Way is pretty secure. We just are allowed to buy some extra things now with the grant money. Hi, thank you. Um, He's more the academic and I'm more the social, but um, excuse me. To go back to somewhat the other question, there was a couple of things you said, like the gym and art. So for the both programs, are any of the, are the French and the English programs, like are they mixed at all or is it only at like recess and lunch and after school? Or is, is there anything that they're together in with both programs at all? So 50 minutes every day, they go to the cafeteria and they go to recess. So um, that's a super fun time. And um, they totally all, especially in first grade, like they've formed all these relationships and then they get sort of um, fractured, right? By the, by the, the um, pathway choice. So they immediately come back together, right? And they're so excited to play together. The grade levels do a ton of, you know, things together. They'll do projects together. They'll do assemblies. They'll do field trips. They'll do things like that. Um, and then, yeah, gym art and music, um, we don't mix in the specials, um, but they really, we really do try our best to give them as much as they can, sort of mixing in between pathways. Yeah. And lunch and recess is always fun. Hi there. Um, so I think I just wanted to try to really simplify the difference between the two programs. Um, so for the French immersion program, it is same curriculum, just immersive teaching in French. And for the STEM program, it is going to be that technology block that the French immersion program has in a day, but focused on these special programs that are funded by the grants that are different. A little bit different. Okay, could you clarify what that was? Thanks. Sure. If you are in the English Innovation Pathway, we have an additional STEM program that your students will have exposure to. So they will have a technology block, but then they will also um, have a STEM block where they're where we will be doing the sort of engineering project lead the way curriculum. So it's sort of an additional curriculum component. So while the French immersion side is doing some of their sort of if I think about the fifth grade, how this plays out, in fifth grade, um, students have friend, a block where they do 
sort of French language arts and social studies in French. During that time, kids on the English side are having social studies in English in a STEM block. So that is a different curriculum experience. And then there's also the Spanish included in there too. Thank you. Um, we have two additional children um, that are back to back. Um, if we choose either French immersion or the other options, the two additional children, uh, do they automatically follow the first or how did that work out? Such a good question. So um, twins, if they're twins, they get the same. So no. So um, each child, um, each time one comes through first grade, you'll make that decision again. Um, hopefully it works out. You know, if you choose French for your first and then your second comes through and you choose French again, chances are we're going to be able to make that happen. Um, there's always the off chance that that doesn't happen. We have had that with families and families have made decisions. You know, I want to say stay in my homeschool. So I will do English because it's it's great too. Um, or some families have made the, the sort of tricky call of there isn't a seat in the homeschool, but there is a seat in another school. And we also have had a situation, a couple, few situations where um, a family has said, so say a family chooses French immersion at Glover and there's no seats, that family will take a seat at Collicott. Um, if a seat opens up at Glover, we will, you know, let you know, um, and we do try to get kids as much as possible in their homeschools, but it is always, um, there's no sort of family um, pattern. Thank you. I'm curious to hear if anyone here can tell the origin story of the program. I, I think I heard there were only two in the state that do French immersion, so I wanted to hear how it came to be. Who wants it? <laughs> All right. In the late 1980s, <laughs> the Cunningham Middle School, the Cunningham uh, Junior High School had been closed. And the then superintendent needed to reopen it for some classes and decided it would be interesting to try an immersion program with one first grade class. Um, and former superintendent Mary Gormley as the, as the principal of a new school at the Cunningham. And she started the program and every year they added a new one and it got more and more popular and it's been running for pretty much close to 30 years now, 25 years anyway, as evidenced by the fact that some of our teachers are graduates of it. Um, it's been running for quite a while, um, but that's the origin of it. There is uh, another program in the state. Um, Hopkinton has one, but it's a, a much smaller program than ours. Um, but it's, it is still practically unique. So um, we've been contacted by a lot of districts uh, lately, and a lot of them are thinking about immersive programs because of the studies that came out about bilingual uh, teaching. So um, some other districts are thinking, and Holliston is the other one um, that is um, has a French immersion program as well. 
yeah, and we we are always in contact. So, okay. Um, so we actually have twins, um, and if we wanted to split them up, like have one go into French, one go into English, is that possible? Because I know they're included like as one entity in a lottery. So we just didn't know if it was easy to split. Up. Absolutely. I have two fourth grade twins. One did English, one did French. It was the perfect call for both of them. Um, so that's easy to do. Yeah. So uh, this is more for uh, what happens to us as parents, life happens. So my daughter goes to, let's say, goes to French immersion, two years down the line, we move to Texas, like, I don't know. Uh, so have you seen such cases? And like, I don't know if you see cases which go out of the Milton school system, but like, do they cope well? Do they adapt well to the, to going back to English perhaps? So yes, um, this has happened uh, and we have, um, you know, well, it def definitely depends on the grade where you transfer, definitely. We've seen a lot of transfer go from language to language. A lot of people are bilingual. They go into, like they came into the French immersion program and probably had a first few weeks of struggle. They'll go into any program and probably need some time to adjust, but they do adjust. And, you know, if you come from a country abroad where there's bilingual education, it's always the case, right? Where you have to go into a program, adapt to a new language and go forward from there. So if you go from a first grade standpoint, you know, they've done their kindergarten in English, continue in first grade. If you go into second grade, it's different at every level, but the transfer of skills in phonics, reading, uh, writing, all those, we've seen them go um, from grade to grade and from language to language. Hi, um, my question's about homework. I was wondering like how much we should expect and um, if there's differences between the two programs. So I'm going to tell you that French immersion teachers and English innovation pathway teachers have grade level meetings together weekly with their coordinators at every school, whether science, math, anything. The amount of homework that comes from either side is the same. Um, and they coordinate. Nobody gets more than anybody else. Nobody gets more challenging than anybody else. And we give a limit in the elementary school with time uh, and if they go beyond that time, we tell them to stop and come see the teacher, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> Actually, um, as you know, if your child is learning to uh, read in French, uh, it cannot just happen in school. So we have a great platform. The, uh, Milton has a great platform, CISO, and usually your child can go and practice on that platform without having you saying, oh, I don't know what he's saying or whatever. So. As you know, practice is uh, what they need to do to learn in French, to read in French. So that's maybe the only thing. But I'm sure my colleague from the English uh, program, they also give assignment for that, don't you? So reading is the first thing we have to do, so. Thank you. All right, this will be the last question, but we invite you to come down and meet our superstars afterwards. This is really loud. I'll try not to. What is loud? Okay. Um, so my question is, if a student is in 
the French program, do they have opportunities to read and write in English at any point? During, I know they like transition back to English in later grades, but like, is my first grader going to be reading and writing in English at all? So in first and second grade is a complete immersion, correct? And like I said, there are specialties in English. But this year, you know, when they introduced the iReady platform for math, are we gonna keep it out of French immersion? No. Is it gonna impact their immersive experience? No. Is it gonna be helpful for them? Yes. So you know what? We do what's best for the students. And if they need the iReady platform to read and write in math, they're gonna do the iReady platform to read and write in math. And other opportunities are immersive in French in first and second grade. And in fifth grade, third grade, I'm sorry, they go into a 50% um, English part of the day. Thanks. All right, last one, I swear. I'm sorry. Um, I was just curious what the reading program was in both, if it's the same, what it is. And then I also was wondering um, if if there's a, like a universal screener for reading in both programs. And um, yeah, I'll, thank you. I'm going to let uh, Marianne take that, but yes, we are talking about a universal screener uh, for first and second grade. Um, for French immersion, we have GB+, which is uh, also a screener, and it's heavy on phonics, so we have a phonics program. Uh, I'm going to let you guys uh, talk about the reading part. So clearly I'm a reading specialist. I don't go anywhere without my reading books. Um, so our program in French is called GAFI, and it's um, a, a French program that's used in several countries. And it's um, very much based on the phonics. So there's a, a new sound every week, and they learn that sound, and they practice it, um, and they read a chapter. And the characters are very lovable, and you'll get, if you choose French, you'll get to know Gaffi in your house and you'll hear all about Gaffi. Um, and we also have a program that actually a teacher in Milton developed um, several years ago that's called Francais Facile. And every sound that does not exist in English has um, a visual and a gesture that goes with it. And that's very helpful for um, American students who are learning these new sounds. I actually use it with my American husband <laughs> for him to learn this sound. So it works at all ages. Um, Um, and the English ELA is the Reach for Reading program, which is great. It's, I was on the team that picked it. I love it. Um, it focuses on a lot of nonfiction texts, which feed right into our science, our social studies, which is great. Um, really heavy vocabulary. And each week we work on a different phonological sound, as well as five or six sight words, which is great. Um, and I think that it just really complements all of the other parts of our day which seems funny to say we're like kind of doing all these amazing things with our reading program, but we really can check a lot of things off the list. Um, one of our focuses in science, just this unit were plants and animals, and I felt kind of bad. I did such a good job in reading. I didn't really have to go too crazy um, with my science lessons. So it's really nice when we have the kind of content that can speak to each other. And 
we and we used the Lexia screener. So in the French immersion program, we use GB plus, um, which is almost the same as the Lexia screener, which we use in English. So there is a screening tool for all children um, and they take it three times a year and we're always monitoring progress. Um, it's not a universal one across both programs, but it sounds like we're exploring that. As a first, second, third grader, when you're hanging out with your other English speaking friends or English speaking families, or they're saying, read that sign, like things like that, right? Did you feel ostracized? Was it an easy transition? So given that you guys did it, I'm just curious um, how that was. Um, I don't wanna speak for Caroline, but um, she and I have a long history together and in the French immersion program, um, but I never felt that way. Um, actually, the first thing that I remember from first grade is my teacher walking into the classroom and it was all in French um, back then, which could be a little alarming to a little first grader, but she took her shoes off and she stuck her feet in the trash can and she said, la poubelle. And I never forgot what la poubelle was and that's the trash can. And when I taught first grade French last year, I did the same exact thing to my students. So I hope they never forget. But um, Personally, the, the experiences that it has given me, um, and I know Caroline feels the same way, so I'll pass the mic down to you too, but um, it's just it's um, just been incredible. And, and to have these wonderful colleagues and um, be able to converse with them, like um, my own fifth grade teacher next to me, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like not even acknowledging her, but Mary-Kate Theobald was my fifth grade teacher. So it's just been a real full circle. Um, and it's just a really great program. So I'll let Caroline speak Yeah, um, one of my earliest memories from first grade French actually, um, as Zina had mentioned, was the input versus the output. So I came from a Montessori background for kindergarten, and then I have a woman speaking 100% of our day in French, and I remember not speaking for about a month until I really sucked in the language, and then I was able to speak with my teacher, with my friends, with my family. I have a brother who also went through the program at the Tucker School. Um, so it was a nice way to connect with my family who did speak French, but then I also did have friends in the English program that I could speak with during lunch and recess. Um, and I would say actually Liv and I went to camp together where we spoke only English, but we were both students of the French immersion program. So it's not something that isolates our students, but it does bring them together in this common language that they're speaking and learning together. Um, so it really did instill in me a love of languages. Um, one parent did ask if students were able to speak Spanish in high school, and I actually did do that. I followed that path where I took Spanish and French at the same time. Um, so I was able to leverage that understanding of French and then use it towards learning Spanish. So um, it is something that I do have a, a lifelong love of languages. All right, so if you wanna to talk to us more, we're down here, come on down. Otherwise, thank you so much for coming and we hope you have a wonderful night.